Please listen carefully. I'll start from the beginning. Okay. Okay. What's up, nerds? Welcome to Everyone and Their Sister. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And this episode, we are discussing our favorite B-rated books, movies, and TV shows. And what we mean by this is that these were either purposely made into B-rated entertainment for a specific cult-type audience, or fans of actual low-budgety or B-rated movies, TV shows, books, or they were so bad they're good. And I have to admit, this is actually my favorite topic of all time. It was really hard for me to limit this to just three things, just because organic humor people, where else do you get it but from B-movies? Is there any, like, real b-rated movie that was intended to be it like is any good cult movie yes setting out to be a cult movie scream i can name that one for sure and that one was low budget scream cult movie i think i just consider that part of like the popular vernacular um i think it became that because the cult became bigger than that but it intended to be a b-movie making fun of other b-movies and it was kind of like it's the same same idea with um I'm trying to think of something else that's similar that's a horror movie but they're really making fun of horror because like I mean, yes. that one is like yeah. a hard one but haunted house with the wayne's brother or one of the wayne's brothers yeah that one does um, it because they wrote one of the screens right? yeah yeah no exactly. scary movies they wrote the scary, scary movies, movies yeah and i believe the person behind scream also wrote a bit for scary movie as well but it was essentially the same concept they're trying to make fun of it, but they're also trying to imitate that low-budget, B-rated yeah. style. Yes. Feeling. Not exactly look. Like, I can name, like, if you're going for a B-rated look, Machete is an example. It's high, high cost, but they're attempting to be low-budget. Or, like, Grindhouse. Or any Quentin Tarantino where they were trying to imitate B-rated, but they're really high quality. These are all horror movies. I don't know any of these. This is why it's going to be a real not heavy episode, guys. <laughs> yeah. I definitely interpreted this on the, like, this is an awful thing that I hate, but I also love. Like, that was what I, I kind of went for If you think for. fun are all horror, you would be wrong. <laughs> oh, I assume there won't be. I just think that, like, when you think of bad B-rated, the first things that happen are usually horror movies. It's, yeah, it's usually, I think that's essentially where it comes from, because what did producers have no money? for it was horror shout out to deathbed the bed that eats people oh, i did yeah. not pick that one but there's a lot of other weird ones like killer tomatoes and stuff oh god yes i my... don't know any of these you don't I... need to Ooh. this is one thing i'll say about <laughs> cult movies if you don't naturally find them on your own you really don't need like if you're not someone who's going to like them <laughs> or if you're someone that's going to like them you'll find them you know what i mean that's true i mean i just like bad movies i seek them out <laughs> i like bad movies that are unintentionally oh yeah bad. like vampire academy so funny. This was my big one. <laughs> Spoilers! No, stay tuned for later where I talk about Vampire <laughs> Well, on that note, Steph, what is your bad slash B-rated uh, book? So I went the route of so bad, it's amazing, and it's Paper Princess by Aaron Watt. Oh, yeah. And, I keep getting recommended this book by And you. Aaron Watt is two authors, L. Kennedy and Jen... Frederick, and they both write like new adult, steamy, like sport romance books. And then together they wrote this YA kind of new adult book about a girl, Ella Harper, whose mother has died and she's poor. So to so, like help her life, she strips and she's 
18. No, maybe she's not. She's 17. Sorry. You have to be legal <laughs> to be a stripper. She's an illegal stripper. She steals her mom's ID because she can She can pass for her 35 or 36-year-old mother who has died. Oh, oh my God. God. How much has she been smoking? Apparently a lot. <laughs> so I'm just going to give you the, the intro into this book because it's amazing. So she's stripping at her job, also going to high school at the same time. And then some guy, some older gentleman, picks her out and asks for a private dance. So he, she takes him to the back of the room Shit. for a private dance. She's getting down and feeling it with the music. But then that guy's like, I can't let you do this. Please stop. And she's like, why? What this a good is... guy. And he's like, I knew your father. I'm, oh! You're going to come live with me now. Because everyone else died. And he's like, I'm going to protect you. And he just happens to be a billionaire, uh, oh, airplane, <laughs> magnum guy living in, I think, Southern California, who has five sons. And who do you think she falls in love with? The oldest, the second oldest son who hates her on sight. I thought it was for sure going to be the dad. No. She's like, what's happening? It's not the dad. But everyone, but the sons think she wants the dad and his money. Oh. So, like, they hate her because they think she's a gold digger trying to get into the dad's money. When she's like, I'm just a stripper teenager trying to live my life. (laughs) The classic story. And then, so then you get jumped into the world of prep school, which is my favorite thing. Oh, yeah. I love prep school. Rich prep school. And she's like, I'm not like all these other girls. I'm just, I'm a poor girl. So, like, she doesn't fit in with all these rich bitches to her. And it's amazing. It's like Gossip Girl. It's like an HBO TV show. It's crazy and so good. Sadly, there's four books. In this series, every other one is total shit. The first one is the only one that you need to watch. Oh. Watch, read. But I would watch this show. If this was a show, immediately. I mean, I would watch this too. It is crazy. You've been trying to get me to read I've this. I've I'm like, I'm on it now. I passed this book to everyone. You'll read it in three hours and you'll be like, what is this? For some reason, I thought it was shitty fantasy, but... No, it's <laughs> shitty. It's not even shitty. I can't even say it. it's like terrible. It's like a high school CW TV show. Oh, it's perfect. Aiming yes. to be like HBO, but not reaching it quite. And that is what you have. <laughs> oh my in God. one. Like the OC. Like the OC, yeah. Oh, It's like yeah. all those shows mixed into one mm-hmm. glorious time. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So we were princess. Should I be reading it? I'm, you should be reading I'm it. I'm trying to, what should I, did I forgot to write? I'm going to write this. Seven brooding stares out of ten stripper teenagers. That's all Are I Are there multiple stripper teenagers? I don't know. So that's a recommendation then. That's like a people should read you this. You should read this. Okay. If you're on the if you need if you're sad, if you need some fun in your life, if you're just Was this self published? It was self published. Okay. I it was self published <laughs> because I think her later books like from a different series were not or like a standalone. They're with Harlequin. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that bumped them out. Yeah, that's it. Everyone, oh, these royals will ruin you is a tagline. Just so we all we're all on the same page. These, these royals? royals will Wait, ruin you. Are they you. royal now? I thought they were just their rich. last name is Royal. Callum Royal. Oh, she's a paper, paper princess. princess. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Oh, well, Nat, how are you going to top that? Oh, wait, wait. Another point, another point. There's two twin boys, and they share the same girlfriend, and that's all I'm going to say. Oh, my God! (laughs) Like, intentionally, like, they're They know each other. No, they're... That's all I'm going to say. This is, like, any anime lover's favorite topic. Listen. Twins sharing girls. I love a good thruple storyline. Okay, Shit's Creek, (laughs) Will and Grace, the revival just did an episode. Give me all the thruples, guys. 
Ruffles is the ugliest word I've ever heard of. I know. I know. I can't stop using it. Not top paper princess. I mean, I don't. Can you? That's the thing. I don't know if I can. Um, I'm going back to a classic from my youth. Oh, so it'll be written on a stone tablet, guys. Wow. I mean, it, it's a short book, so it could be Did done. cell phones exist in it? No. Wait, maybe. I don't know. Car phones did. Um, so my book is I Know What You Did Last Summer by Lois Duncan. Ooh. And if anybody knows this story, they probably know it from the movie starring Freddie Prince Jr., Ryan Phillippe, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and why am I blanking on the last one? It's Buffy. Allison Hannigan? No, no, Sarah... Michelle Geller. Michelle Geller. Yes, there we go. So it was between Lois Duncan and Christopher Pike, but uh, around 11 or 12 years of age, I actually went through like this weird Lois Duncan spiral and I just read every single book by her, or I think mostly every single book by her. And she writes like the creepiest batshit shit... Batshit shit? I like it. <laughs> batshit shit ever. Yeah. I went from Arl Stein's Goosebumps to what I would think of as... Teenage girl Arl Stein. So she wrote very weird, supernaturally stuff, but like not like crazy, like plants that can talk and that sort of thing. I Know What You Did Last Summer is a classic. It combines my favorite cheesy horror genre, which is comparable with Scream, and it has all my 90s stars in the film version. But it's pretty much a compelling story that goes into each of the characters' mindsets before the accident, after the accident. So if you know the story, during one summer they all get in they're all in a car I don't remember if they were drunk or not I know it was raining and it was like really bad weather and they're driving on a cliffside and they run over a boy riding a bike and they hide it they it's a hit and run they just run away and then the next summer they're each being hunted down and somebody has said that they know what they did last they know what they did last summer and clearly somebody knows their dark secret so, like, one of my favorite characters, she's this poor girl. She's really pretty in high school, but she wants to become an anchor. But she's too poor to become an anchor. And I guess, like, she just doesn't fit the anchor life. And her life starts to sort of unravel as this person is hunting them down. And it kind of really goes into their personalities in um, each of the chapters. I remember, I first of all, did not know this was a book. Second, I remember none of this from the movie. And I don't know what Mm-mm. was in the movie and what was it. I just remember the boy being run over. I remember there was a house, and I remember the, I know what you did last summer. There's also a guy in the fisherman's outfit with the yellow coat mm-hmm. and a hook for a hand. Mm. You gotta have your classic horror story. Classic horror story, which is why I very much love this book. Uh, I would rate it eight batshit summers out of ten Buffy summers. Ooh, wow. Buffy summers. <laughs> Sunnydale did have, although I feel like Sunnydale, it was the school year that was crazier. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was really just going for Sarah Michelle Gellar in this. I know. <laughs> uh, so, Christina, what is your book pick? Ugh, okay, well, let me tell you. Don't know if I managed to top Paper Princess. It's a hard that one. That was pretty excellent. <laughs> um, I'm specifically picking the audiobook version because I never read the print version of this, and I literally can't imagine how it would even be digestible if it was in print. Like, I can't. I think as an audiobook, this is what made it work. <laughs> my book is Fifty Shades of Gay by oh Jeffrey God. Self. <laughs> Nat and Steph are laughing because as I was listening to this, I was literally messaging them and being like, oh my God, the different parts of this book. It is definitely a print book. It It's a print book? 
Mm-hmm. No, no, it's in print. Don't, don't read it though. Oh, listen to it. Listen, I am picking because I can't imagine that reading this would have been enjoyable. <laughs> the narrator is someone called Iggy Toma, according to Amazon. That's a great name. It's a pretty excellent. Clearly a fake name. Um, and I have Iggy. to tell you, listening to it is what made it worthwhile. The inflection that that the guy puts on the narration is absolutely <laughs> perfect. So Alex Kirby is a celebrity blogger, because what else would he be, um, <laughs> who goes to interview um, his celebrity crush, Taylor Grayson, oh who is a superstar leading man in Hollywood movies. And obviously, like, it's clearly a ripoff of Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, that's what they're going, Fifty Shades of Grey, that's what they're going for. Yeah. But that, like, it's actually not that similar. Like, there's the whole thing where, like, yes, he's supposed to be, like, a journalist, but I guess... I guess in this book, a gay journalist is a celebrity blogger. That's their equivalent that they're going with. I wonder who it's based on. Perhaps a Perez Hilton? Ooh, Could then be. I couldn't even listen to it at that point. <laughs> no, because he's not a bad... This is what I was really surprised by. I picked this up. No, he's knowing... just Jared. That's the other guy. Just Jared. Go, looking through it, I don't know what I expected. I didn't expect much. I thought it would just be dumb. But at a certain point, like... There's just enough stupid name dropping of celebrities. Like, for some reason, the guy keeps bringing up Alicia Silverstone. And every time it happens, I, I laugh. I'm like, this is hilarious. Alicia Silverstone? Yeah. Why? I don't know why. I can't remember I, why. I guess but it's so, it's yeah. so nice. Maybe they're like, what gay guys would, actresses with these gay guys? Like, Alicia Silverstone. Silverstone. Yeah. That is not one it's, I would have pulled out of us. It's, I have to say, like, not so, like, I don't really enjoy Fifty Shades. I tried the first book because people liked it, and I think that if I'm going to make fun of something, I should try reading it. It's terrible. I actually enjoyed listening to this more than I enjoyed reading Fifty Shades because this was just ridiculous enough. And the one thing that I'll credit it is that near the end, it, like, it gets rid of some of the creepy aspects of Fifty Shades of uh, Grey a little bit, which okay. I appreciate, which is why... I managed to enjoy something that was so bad. The concept and execution of this book is fucking terrible. If it didn't have this charismatic, <laughs> likable narrator who knew exactly when to like raise his voice, exactly how to like whisper to you that he was telling you a story about like some celebrity gossip, exactly how to like heavy breathe at different like stupid scenes in these chapters. This would have been fucking nothing. He makes it. So I hope that the writer, who once again, his name is Jeffrey Self. Self? Self. Mm-hmm. S-E-L-F. Really, really appreciates Iggy Toma. Iggy. For everything that he did to this book. What if Jeffrey Self is Iggy Toma? <gasps> he is an actor. Uh, it's possible. It's very possible. He was in, like, some logo show. If Damn. he is, can I tell you, if you're listening, either one of you, Jeffrey Shelf, Iggy Tomo, we are two people. I've certainly never seen the two of you in the same place at the same time. So for sure, <laughs> ever, for sure, you could be the same person. Excellent job because it's, I don't think it's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be just a dumb parody and it certainly does that. But what makes it readable or listenable is the, is the narrator. So I rec- I'm going to recommend it and I'm going to give it. I don't even know how to really rate something like this in terms of like quality or enjoyability. So I'm going to give it four inflections out of 50 gay shades. 
It's <laughs> a good one. It was good. I watched the second movie this weekend. That was a mistake. <laughs> if I, you were wondering with I mean, bated I, breath on my opinion of the second Fifty Shades movie. I certainly was. It, the only thing I took from that movie was the lipstick she wore was great and I looked it up because I wanted to buy it. Ooh, I get that. Oh. Yeah. That's it. Was it Mac? I feel like it would be. Mac. No, it's Glossier. Oh. The the like purpley <laughs> pink one. Yeah, they were very on in. Yeah. I mean, they have to do something with that movie. I mean, her... be... I there's a part of me that almost wants to see the third one because for some reason there's a gun and I'm like, what is this? Guys, I read about? all three books. I can tell you exactly what happens. I think you told us already. Yeah. Somehow. Did I tell you? Probably. It's yeah. terrible. Then someone freaks out. But I can't believe that this stupid series started where it did, and now there's a fucking. Why is there a gun in this series at all? Things are getting real kinky. Maybe she gets a stalker. Maybe she doesn't. <laughs> Who fucking Who can knows? say? So, like I said, my book was Fifty Shades of Gay, specifically the audiobook. My book was I Know What You Did Last Summer by Lois Duncan. And mine was Paper Princess by Aaron Watt. And on that note, Steph. Who? Not that, not not that, that you already didn't know. Spoil. But what is your movie? Uh, my movie is Vampire Academy. Classic. Everyone loves it. Came out in 20... It's so good. Does it matter? 14? I was in Who even university. Cares? I've seen it twice this year already. No, this no, year? No, last year. I sure. went to the theaters so to watch I. this movie. I went to the theaters to watch this. I told yeah. my sister, I'm like, I can't go by myself because it's going to be too sad. There was barely anyone in the no. theater. This uh, So for sad. people who don't know, this movie is based off a book series by Rochelle Mead. And the books are actually pretty good. I feel like I read them I've in a... They're actually they're really good. Really, really, really good. And I was like, this movie's going to be great. The actresses are like n- good actors. It's like Zoe, Dutch, Sarah Hyland, Dominic Sherwood. Dominic for all Sherwood you Shadowhunter <laughs> fans out there. One of the guys from Little Women. I mean, he certainly knows how to burn a dress. Yeah. <laughs> best scene Ooh. ever. Best scene ever. And like, so when you're watching a movie and they have to literally write on the screen the word they're saying because they want you to know who they are, you just know it's going to be bad. Yep. It's just going to go downhill. So, like, for anyone who doesn't know what Vampire Academy is about, it's about a vampire, like a vampire society. No, no. <laughs> society that includes Moroi and Dampiers, which are the two types of vampires. Like, the Moroi are like the rich. Powerful, they have magic. The gossip vampires. girl vampires. Yeah, yes. so like the gossip girl vampires. And then you have the dampiers, which are like, they don't have magic. They're like usually half vampires and their main role is to protect the fancy rich ones. So they're like the, what would you say? I see. I think they're more like the buffy vampires. It's all about the strength. Yeah, so the buffy mm-hmm. vampires. And so the f- movie focuses on the one girl, Rose, trying to protect her best friend, Lissa. Lisa, Lissa. Who somebody is into. Like, one of them is into the other. Like, they're so close that you think they're going to make out with each other at any time, but it never happens because they're only friends. Yeah, like, don't they sleep in the same bed at some point? And you're like, what's they happening? Do. And then they have, like, the, the like, She, like, drinks her blood. Yeah. yeah, it's, like, super sexual. Yeah, never happens. And then, so then, of course, there's, like, a forbidden teacher-student relationship where mm-hmm. the girl who's 6, 17, 16, who, who really knows it, falls in love with a 24-year-old Russian teacher i don't even know what he, he is he looks 40 he could, in the movie he could he be 40. looks so old in the movie he, but he they like found this guy from russia they like shipped him in because they wanted him and like the okay this he in russia he's probably actually just 19 or something because <laughs> he looks so old he looks so old but this movie is written by eric 
Walters? Waters? Eric Waters. Eric the guy- Walters? Waters. They, he oh, wrote okay. either Jaws or Heathers or something. I, I think he wrote Eric Walters as in like the Canadian children's <laughs> authors. It's like, that's crazy town. So. No, hold on. I remember this because I remember the reason I wanted to go see this is because the- Mark Waters is the director. Another Mark. <laughs> Which I think he- directed either Mean Girls or something. Yeah, it's something like He directed that. Mean Girls. Because I oh, remember okay. when that came out and I was like, ooh, I think I'm gonna like this. I think it's gonna be kind of like a parody of vampire stuff because I saw who the director was. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly truly believe that the person who made this movie was just trying to make a parody of like vampire and like school teen books and someone There's was like, oh. no way they took yeah. that seriously. Yeah, they didn't. They don't take this movie seriously at all. But I feel like at one point someone was like, oh, if you want us to make this movie, you have to. Pretend it's. It has to be something series. else. Yeah, so they were like, okay, Vampire Academy, we'll make that into a fucking series, into a movie. I'm like, the, there's like some parts in this movie. I'm like, if this movie was all this literal five minutes, it would have been yep. so good. Yeah. The but, end in particular? Like the, yeah. the ending, the last five minutes, I'm like, this was what I wanted the whole time. And you only gave me five minutes of the shit. Yeah. Ugh. But other than that, it's not. I enjoy it. I could watch it. It's like, it's in the realm of like Twilight I can watch over and over again. It's one of those ones where you want to forward through the beginning just to get to the hilarious part. Yeah. And then I just could, watch the ending. I could watch this whole movie in like 20 minutes. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I, that's I all you need. We almost did do this together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to rate this lovely. Also, Zoe Deutsch. I find is too beautiful. They're all beautiful in this, so you can like yeah. visually just even, watch even them. Even the nerd is just like you're like yeah. you're gorgeous. Well, the, the, the like creepy nerdy... man in the what, ceiling church. He's like in a I church have... basement or something. That's where he hangs out. The church oh, attic. The there guy. we go. Uh, yeah, love interest. Um, love Christian. Yeah, even the fucking like the nerdy like supposed to be like awkward and ugly character is fucking what's her name Sarah Highland or something. Oh yeah, she's yeah. dating Dominic Sherwood, right? They broke up, but they were dating. Yes. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, so I had a rating, but it slipped escaped, out of my ears. <laughs> but I'm going to say it's seven leather dusters Whoa. out of ten dead crows. And no, but no ripped burned dresses. <gasps> yeah. I take it back. Ripped necklaces. One, one silver rose <laughs> shitty necklace out of seven ripped to shreds dress. Just what? That is, if just, you just yeah. Google Vampire Academy dress ripping scene, I'm sure there's a YouTube video of it. Yeah. There's something about that whole scene that is so perfect and so awkward. Let's I'm burn gonna, it. I'm going to find that gift. Look, look at this dress. Let's burn it. And then he rips it. <laughs> and he can barely also, speak English. Yeah. Where is such sexy lingerie underneath that you're just like, I'm sorry, were you going to a academy you're dance? 12! Or were you going to like some fucking rendezvous with like... I can picture her boobs because they looked so strange. I'm like, yeah. you're, I know you're trying to make them look like a triple D's when she's maybe a B. And I'm like, it's not working. I, I don't agree with this. But don't let that stop you. That dress scene is worth everything. It is worth everything. Excellent. Excellent choice. All right, Nat. Your turn. Um, So this is my top favorite B-rated movie. It was really hard to choose a B-rated movie, but this is the one that I always go back to. I can rewatch this 10 times a year, probably. And it is Miami Connection. 
Which, what the fuck is my energy? I, I am sure many people have not seen this movie, but if you do not know, this movie came out in 1987. It oh my was, god. Yeah, okay. Listen, you will love this movie once you watch it. It was directed by, I forget the guy's name, something Park and YK Kim. And YK Kim is important because he's also the lead actor in this movie. Ah. I get in room vibes. And the reason, well, the reason the movie was created at all was because YK Kim, a martial arts expert, Taekwondo expert specifically, he released a book that year or like, not that year, but maybe the year before or something. And this director approached him and was like, let's do a movie to promote your book, which is a terrible idea. The most terrible. Like, I'm pretty sure YK Kim spent so much money producing this film, even though like it wasn't really his idea. But, like, so much went into it, and I think he went, he took so many loans and went broke, and obviously this film was rejected by so many film studios. Still created, however, and arguably one of the best movies in the world. Wow. Wow. That's a strong recommendation. (laughs) Because though it is an amateur action flick, it is the most hilarious story premise ever. And so let me explain. The whole movie is supposed to promote Taekwondo as a sport and a martial art, which you certainly get from this movie, but it starts off really weird. So the reason it's called Miami Connection is because it's about a cocaine deal in Miami. And at first you're like, okay, this is weird. It's going to turn into like some weird cop movie or something like that. But no, cut to this almost like boarding house in Miami and you find YK Kim with this crew of merry men, I want to say. They're (laughs) all guys that literally are in a band called Dragon Sound. (laughs) They have their own band. They all live in the same house and they all practice Taekwondo. They're all experts at Taekwondo. And (laughs) one of the band members is dating this girl who is part of another gang that's part of this Miami cocaine deal. Uh, she's no she's dating the guy in one of the band in the band but her brother is in that other gang that's doing the cocaine deal and he is not into her dating this guy he is so upset by it, he shows up to, at the house and then when she doesn't agree to break up with this guy he hires wait for it ninjas that ride motorcycles to kill them <laughs> oh yes ninjas that ride motorcycles so suddenly you have this Taekwondo Dragon Sound band from the 80s fighting ninjas on motorcycles. And it is the best fucking movie you've ever seen. It has its original soundtrack. They actually sing songs for oh this movie. God. Oh, my yes. favorite song is It's called- a musical. Yes. There's one point in the club where they're singing Friends. <laughs> best song. Sing it. I can't sing it. You sounded like you were going to. I am not going to sing it. Essentially, so this this movie was completely lost. Like, it, nobody knew about it, nothing. And then this random programmer from some cinema decides to impulsively on eBay buy... That's how cult movies get made, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. He buys this reel that's just been, like, nobody's really been watching it. And he plays it at his cinema in, like, I think it was, like, 2008 or something. Oh it was God. It was not that long ago. And his audience loved it. So he actually ended up, I guess, working out a deal with some production company that or film studio, and they actually re-released it. And so YK Kim doesn't like taking interviews or anything. Is he and still yet, alive? This is what? Is he still alive? Oh, yeah, he's still alive. But like, It was the 80s. Not I bad. mean, I don't know. We never know. I mean, he was quite young in the 80s. I would say in his 30s. So he's still, like, he's probably in his, like, 50s or 60s now. He looks good for his age, but, like... He does not like taking interviews or anything, but hilariously, he has this huge ass cult following. 
And the only reason I found this film was because it was randomly for maybe two months on Netflix. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I was like, what is That's this how movie? That's how it was, it got. Yeah. Mm. And like, like my mom, I love some good Asian fighting films. And that's what I thought I was going to watch. But I was sorely mistaken. And I'm happy I was mistaken. It was so good. What I really liked about your description is that every time you started a sentence, I had no idea where that sentence was going to go. <laughs> like, yes. every sentence ended up different than you thought it would end. Yeah. yeah, because I was just like, this movie is insane. And, like, the fighting sequences are definitely, like, for the most part, real. Because he's trying to show off, like, the martial arts skill and that sort of thing. So good. I highly recommend it. My rating for this is nine best friend songs out of ten bricks of cocaine-induced martial arts fighting sequences. Sounds about right. You know what it kind of reminds me of in terms of them like, oh, we're going to make a movie to promote a book? I feel it was like the 80s, 90s where they were doing a lot of random shit like that. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember the movie, and it also could absolutely fall into the bad slash B-rated category, Breakin'. The fir- it was a... 1980s movie i think about break dancing and it did really oh. really really well yeah oh 1980s God. it did super well it was so dumb and it's one of those ones where like the premise is like oh a corporation's gonna like tear down our community center oh so we God. have to break dance to raise money to save it save the rec center guys like that was the point of it amazing absolutely like step up but yeah the original, the original step up original step up but they, it came out, people liked it. They wanted to capitalize it on it so much. And it's so like low budget that the sequel, which you will recognize as break into electric boogaloo Ooh. came out Whoa. the same year that the original movie did. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like a couple months later because they were like, Oh, this did well. Get electric boogaloo out there guys. Electric boogaloo. So if you didn't know the origin of electric boogaloo and you just heard it a ton, now you know. Boogaloo. Breaking boogaloo, two. Boogaloo, boogaloo. No, I am absolutely <laughs> sure that's not the boogaloo. <laughs> boogaloo. I boogaloo, do boogaloo. Think you can break chance to that. Boogaloo. Yeah, I could do it. <laughs> you could probably do the worm. I could do it for sure find something. Boogaloo, boogaloo. Boogaloo. Oh, I'm loving this. <laughs> Christina, what is your B rated movie? So. Not Boogaloo. <laughs> this was uh, an easier choice than trying to find a book that I thought was like bad, but I still really enjoyed. Um, there are a lot of really shitty movies that I love, particularly because I watch Hallmark Christmas movies and I watch oh, yeah. a lot of them. My count of December 2017 was 57 Hallmark Christmas Holy movies. That is insane. It's because it's the only thing I watch once December 1st hits. You could have. You could have beat my Goodreads goal if you had put that Excuse time. me, I tried, okay? But at a certain point, I have to watch Christmas Prince, okay? That's a great one. Christmas there's Prince. There's also, Mm-mm. there's a fucking Mistletoe Inn, Mistletoe Promise, fucking Lady Santa. I can't remember what that Christmas one's called. Inheritance. Oh, that's, these Christmas are Inheritance wasn't particularly yeah. good. There was one about a visual merchandising. This is getting off topic. This is not what I'm here to talk about. I love them, so this was not a difficult choice, but I did not pick any of those. This movie is probably not necessarily considered B-rated, but I don't care. It's one of the worst movies I've ever watched, but I love it, and every single time I come across it, I stop to watch it. And this movie is 27 Dresses. Ooh, I like one. that one. I like that one, too. This I, I love this movie. Story of my fucking it's- life. <laughs> Have you been in 27 Weddings? Not yet. <laughs> oh. You gotta stop saying, you gotta start saying no. That was my whole issue with Catherine Heigl in this whole movie. Just say you don't want to go to the wedding. No, she gets paid to do it. 
You don't get paid to be a no? bridesmaid. No, she gets paid, doesn't she? No, no. That's a different. That's a different movie. Catherine Heigl just has a lot of friends, and she never and like it's people she barely knows. I thought she either volunteers or like something to no. take the place of. She knows all of them. Oh, okay, that's weird. Yeah, for some reason I thought she got paid. No, yeah, that's it. I I think I know what you might be talking about. There's a movie with something like oh uh the with Kevin Hart and. The fucking tiny one. Wedding. Wedding ringer. Wedding, Wedding ringer. ringer. He gets paid to be a best right. man. Mixing up two movies. Also a terrible movie. Still enjoyed it, but I would never watch that again. <laughs> 27 Dresses, when I had cable, was that on was every single week. And do you know that I watched it every single week? Yeah. Women's Network. I Exactly. I could watch mm-hmm. 27 Dresses anytime it's on. If you don't know the concept of 27 Dresses, Katherine Heigl's character is always rising never a bride. She literally is in... 27 weddings in like the span of two years something crazy like that um she has all these bridesmaid dresses and she never gets married she's super into her boss but doesn't tell him because why would you tell someone you were into them um in fact the only reason she keeps working for him apparently she's into him there's some other like garbage nonsense by the way with this whole fucking movie um her sister who is like loose cannon can't lies about everything can't trust her comes into the picture and gets with her boss and all of a sudden her boss is getting married to her sister and she's the maid of honor and suddenly all of the fucking stress she's been carrying around of bring a bridesmaids 25 27 times starts to fall down on her Mm -hmm. and the main romance aspect of it because why would you not have a romance in a movie called 27 dresses Mm -hmm. is the reason that this movie is acceptable james marsden He's yep. a wedding journalist. That beautiful man. Oh, perfect. Is it, he's a wedding... Um, he's a journalist. He writes about weddings. What's the... Th- what, there's like a word for it. I have literally the announcements no idea. Yeah, section or something? Yeah. I watched this movie last month. <laughs> That's how I am. Yeah, no. he does the announcement and he does like little articles on special ones and yeah. he's Look writing... Look at you guys liking white boys. <laughs> I, there are some white boys that yes, I do like. I would not ever say I like white boys. He's <laughs> not a blonde white a boy either. you have going on. No blonde. Also, James Marsden is a literal treasure. Let's get that clear right now. Yeah, he is. Have you ever seen which which one is he in? I've seen a lot of movies. Uh, Enchanted. Yes, he's perfect in that. Seen Enchanted. Seen the X Men movies he was in. Those don't matter though. Um. (laughs) So anyway, he's he does the he's doing an article on the wedding of her sister and her boss but obviously the more important story is that Catherine Heigl has been in 27 weddings which I guess is a thing number a large number I don't know I ideally (laughs) will literally never go to a wedding in my life yeah (laughs) I get married you're not gonna come wait sorry you've never been to a wedding now since I was a small child I went to one and then I was like what about family nobody got married in your family I don't have family Oh my god, that's amazing. I have a single brother, and I don't talk to my cousins. Because, like, I've been to, like, distant, distant no. cousins. I get weddings. all of my wedding out from watching Say Yes to the Dress. It's a great show. Yeah. And you want to know why? It's because I can pause it. If I could pause a real fucking wedding, too, maybe I'd go. But you can't, so I will not be going. I mean, you when can my, I think I, I think we talked about this before. When my friends start getting married, a lot of them are going to learn how much I really... Like, where they fall in the line of caring, because I'm not going to go to most of these weddings. There are maybe two people in the whole world. I don't think you can get back from a friendship if you don't show yeah. up to a wedding. That's fine. I've had, if, that's the, if that's where we're going with this, I'm sorry. I've had some pretty sore friends from me not traveling for their wedding, and that was the only reason I couldn't go, because I could not afford. Why do people need to go to, for your fucking wedding? You're the yeah. one getting married. Why do I need to be there? Also, Even, you can't get mad if you're having people come to another yeah, location. yeah. 
The and whole reason you have a destination wedding is so that you people don't show up. Well, yeah. it's because some of them live like across Canada, and I'm like, I like if I can afford it, I'll come. But if I can't afford it, I'm not coming. Like it's not something I can just like pull out of my ass. And also, maybe I don't want to go. <laughs> I know a couple people that have large families and they go to weddings constantly, and I'm like, I just yeah, it's such a waste of a weekend. I mean, you gotta it's, see these. It's people. one thing if I'm really close with them and they make me a bridesmaid, then I'm like, uh. Okay, I guess I'll travel. Oh, what would I ever do if someone asked me to be a fucking bridesmaid? I mean, you'd be done, wouldn't you? You'd have no friends left. Oh, God. What would I do in that situation? Because I don't want to go to your... Like, you I'm can't going to fuck a... up as a bridesmaid. I, I can I'm... tell you people get mad. Like, How can you fuck wedding? up as a bridesmaid? I'm going to be a bridesmaid in you... six months. Do you trip when you walk down the aisle? Like, making things for the wedding. No. Prepping things for the wedding. The bachelorette party is if it's shit. The dinner. None of these plans. Any plans? Oh my god! You're Catherine Heigl. The maid of honor is supposed to be doing. Yeah, the maid of honor is supposed to do that shit. I emceed a wedding and like wrote a speech for it, but that's almost the most I did, other than maid of honor. I the whole time I was like, why would you say yes to be bridesmaids? Wait, you don't even have like Catherine Heigl didn't even really have twenty seven friends. Like these were not people she was that close to for her. But you can't say no if someone asks you. You're gonna be like, I can't do it because when you say yes, you you have to be prepared to spend money on more than just the wedding. So why can't I say no then? (laughs) You're gonna tell me that I can't say no, but also I gotta spend all this money and I gotta waste my fucking weekend. I mean, if you're happy to have no friends at the end, that's up to you. Listen, realistically, I don't even believe. (laughs) I like how we're chastised. I don't even believe anyone should be getting married, but I'm supposed to go for you to say I love you and I do to each other in the face. I mean, like half in the face, in In the the face. face. I don't even like. Oh God, there are. There are some people that are going to invite me that I'm going to have to be like, we, I don't like you like that. I love watching people freak out about weddings. I would hate to ever actually be in one. I don't like going to churches. So I would only ever serve someone's reception. Listen, stop getting married. Damn. Stop inviting people to your wedding. Have family and like your actual close friends there. This is unnecessary. But more importantly, 27 dresses is everything I hate about <laughs> weddings. Everything I hate about weddings so much. I also hate Catherine Heigl. She's yeah. awful. She's yeah. awful in this. But this movie is so good. Her sister is a fucking bitch. And no matter how much I want to pretend I don't care about this movie, every single time they have the scene at the end where her sister and her have a little bit of fight, I get so angry because her sister is a bitch and nobody acknowledges the sister is the worst person that's ever been invented. Mm-hmm. And at one point, her and J- uh, Catherine Heigl and James Mar- Marsden start singing in a bar, Benny and the Jets. Benny and the Jets. That's Jets. the best part of this whole movie. Every time it starts, Benny. This movie actually reminded me when I started watching You're the Worst, the TV show, it actually reminded me a lot of this movie because it kind of starts off with the wedding. So you're just like, oh my God, everybody's the worst. Mm, yeah. People are horrible. So that's it. I, apparently my bad movie was weddings because I feel like that's what we talked about instead of talking about 27 Dresses. But if you haven't heard about 27 Dresses, that's pretty crazy. It's almost like an institutional movie at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do legitimately recommend um, watching it and I would rate it like... Because Catherine Heigl is in it, I would rate it maybe like a five, you know, not friend maid of honor out of 27 hideous, hideous dresses. But I would still recommend it. <laughs> I would say you need to watch it. You should really watch Twisted Dresses because it's one of those ones where... So bad it's good. Yeah, it's so bad it's good. It doesn't matter when it's on. I will always watch 27 Dresses. I've seen it so many if times. If you have cable... Just wait for it to show up. It's probably on Netflix. Either that or, or any Cameron Diaz movie will be on that channel. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Hathaway. Other Woman, I and actually Hathaway. really enjoyed that. People shouldn't be so mean about it. It's Quicken. Which one? Other Woman with Nicki Minaj. I haven't seen that one. It's mm-hmm. good. I, I own it. 
so like I said, my movie was 27 Dresses. Mine was Miami Connection. And mine was Vampire Academy. Steph, what's your TV show? <laughs> Steph. <laughs> so the TV show I picked, so the premise of this show is based off a shitty show, but the show that <gasps> is the show is good. And I know what you're going to pick. So I picked Unreal. Yeah! <laughs> Which is based off Bachelor. Yep. Which is terrible. Bachelor, okay, Bachelor is good and bad. I, like, fight myself internally about it because it's terrible, but I watch it sometimes. So, Unreal. You said that. I was like, it's going to be Unreal. It's Unreal. And, like, it's a Lifetime TV show, which I don't think Lifetime is known for anything good. Is this fictional? Yeah, it's fictional. I think it might be Bravo and then Lifetime shows, but I could be wrong. Unreal's Lifetime. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, I did my research on it. Like, what, two seconds ago? Uh, actually, <laughs> at work. So, fuck to you. <laughs> so, the show, so the, the Bachelor show on this show, if you can follow the show shows, is Everlasting, and it's trying to, the elder Bachelor is named, uh, I don't know his name, but he's a rich British playboy, and he's played by Freddie Stroma, who plays Cormac McLagan on Harry Potter, yeah. so he's a babe. <laughs> And then the show centers around Rachel, who's a producer on the show, and her boss, uh, Quinn, who is the, I don't know what the next person after producer is on a show. Executive producer? No, that's the that seems a That seems about right. Assistant producer? Whatever. The two, pro- Rachel and Quinn, producer on the show. Um, but Rachel, the producer, had just had a really br- big breakdown because... It's a high stress job, apparently. And um, so the interesting thing about the show is that the writers for this fictional show had worked on The Bachelor. So they include wow. all these like interesting details about. That's so interesting. They like sometimes they pay the producers get more money if they if they're so they're each given like a set of contestants that they are yeah. in charge of. And if they get into like the top two or something, they get money or if they what? start drama, they get extra money. Is this like gambling? <laughs> they want. Yeah, basically. So like the show bonus. So, wait, is this show still airing? It's still on. Season two apparently was not as good as season one, but it is very good. And then, um, so Rachel, the person, will be, like, sitting and interviewing one of the contestants, but she'll be saying these, like, heinous things to get a reaction out of, and, like, lies. She'll be telling lies about the other contestants. So, So she's, like, real-life Hunger Games. Basically. So, she'll get, there's a lot in this show. So, she's trying to get a rise out of, uh, the contestant and to get the reaction she wants and then you'll see how that's cut up into the show and you're like oh my god it's all a lie <laughs> uh yeah so just like this podcast it's all a lie. <laughs> nothing's really here <laughs> but yeah uh the main actress is shuri appleby oh from roswell yeah and constant zimmer is her friend oh i do know this show unreal yeah yeah, yeah. it's, oh, it's so the one where good. she's standing naked with the kiss marks on her on the poster maybe don't There's know i don't i've i have only seen posters with the two of them fully clothed it's because the only <laughs> there's several posters for the show the only reason is it because I, it's on netflix because I, they do that you know no it's because it's on streaming sites <laughs> oh true uh yeah so great show uh i'm gonna give it seven drama trailers at a nine dramatic cries in lml unreal's a solid show unreal's I great recommend it. yeah Maybe nah. I'll watch it. What's your show? My TV show was very easy to pick. I've been talking about the show all of the later half of 2017. Because That's 18 different shows, Nat. 
Listen, you know this show because I stumbled upon it by accident on Netflix thinking it was going to be this amazing foreign show. Yep. Here it is. <laughs> I don't know. Give my name. Sh- my show is Heartless. Mm-hmm. Ah, finally! With the yes. twin sis! Yes! Is it even twin sis? They just lightly kind of make out. It's almost That, I think that counts. <laughs> but she's stealing his soul through his mouth. So, okay, let me, let me talk about this show. Or vice versa, I should say. This is a Danish show, and I got really excited because I was like, oh, Danish people are so beautiful. It'll be a great show. They're probably artistically fantastic. <laughs> This is like oddly stereotypical. Yeah, oddly. Check even yourself, though... Nat. Wow. Some Danish. I, I am complimenting them. I mean, it's not uh, my fault that they came up a, with this garbage. There's such a thing as positive it... stereotyping. I think that you might be the problematic one, Nat. Whoa. <laughs> the show revolves around the twins Sophie and Sebastian. Sebastian. And they're basically demons who suck energy from humans to zer- survive. And it seems like they're doing it through this kiss, but it's really like a Dementor's kiss. Like, you can see their soul sort of, like, get sucked into their body. But they don't have to kill them when they're sucking parts of their energy or whatever they're doing. And they enlist at a private school that's pretty hardcore bully prefect run. So there's a lot of bully prefects there. Because they're trying to find out more about their mom's past and why they are the way they are. Because apparently they didn't weren't supposed to be demons or something like that it's like a whole backstory i'm not gonna get fully into it but basically there are some like scenes in the car where <laughs> they transfer energy to each other and it is very twin cest like and if mm-hmm. there's anything i love it's twin cest you learn a lot of uncomfortable truths about you during this podcast now i mean her love of white boys her love of exhibitionism wow. <laughs> that she might bone a dinosaur there's a lot <laughs> I think my favorite thing about this show is that they're trying to figure out so much about their mom, but they don't actually do any research. All they do is ask the same fucking history teacher and the same cafeteria lady more questions each episode, not bothering to, I don't know, fucking Google it because it's modern times or even to look through any archives or anything. They don't do any of that. They find a picture. They talk to the only two adults at that school. Do they figure out what happens? They do figure out what happens. I and didn't make it that far. You should make it to the end because it goes bonkers after that because you're just yeah. like, I thought this was one show and it turned into a totally different show. Um, and they have a principal as well who hunts their kind and doesn't fully understand why they are the way they are. But their two families have a history and that's what they find out. And something happens to one of them, close to the end spoilers, but it just completely flips on you and you're like, what the fuck is happening? So it kind of goes like, it kind of goes stale a bit, but it is worth it to make it through because it is fucking hilarious. They are so funny and a main lesbian couple. Amazing. So good. So good. There's like a lot of like couples that I'm like, I want you to make out, but I know he's trying to kill you. Yeah. And I'm like conflicted on the inside. Stuff like that. So much stuff like that. It's that fucking like little town murder that they've got yeah. going on on all television shows now. They keep hiring very attractive people to play awful serial killers. So it's very uncomfortable constantly. But I mean, there's no serial killing. I'm not talking about Heartless. I'm talking oh, okay. about in general. I did not watch Heartless. I mean, this guy's I'm talking not... about things like The Fall. Yeah. I mean, he's no good. That guy's not cute, but like, I was like, you guys could make out right now. Yeah. I'd be here for it. It's true. And like, it doesn't even, half the crushes and like, attractions don't even make sense. Like, there's clearly one guy that wants to harm one girl 
and you're like, what? Why are you even making out with him? And it doesn't make sense. And she clearly is not into him. I don't know. It's it's a bonker show. It is worth it. It's only I think twelve episodes, sixteen episodes, maybe. It's not that long. It's not very long. It is worth it to push through just for that ending because the ending is brilliant. If they made a second season, I probably wouldn't watch it. But, <laughs> but maybe the first episode just to see what happens after that because it, it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. I feel like I still don't know anything about the show except for it's Danish. They're demons and there's twins. Us and they're at an academy. Oh, yeah, I missed prep that. School, <laughs> prep favorite. school, and there's two families with drama. Also, the kids have like drama. a lot of time to make out with each other. So like, yeah, they do. Just like I mean, they only have history class and they eat lunch. And I'm saying, <laughs> oh, they fence. Oh yeah, they have Sexual a fencing class. But the fencing. fencing class is led by the principal for some reason because they don't have any other teachers at the school. And the principal has and the principal has like three daughters that live on campus yes. with him and the yeah. And, like, they all have powers, which is also an interesting tidbit. Anyway, my rating for this show is 8 badass fencing lesbians out of 10 bullies that have been defenestrated post-Dementor's Kiss. Christina, what is your B-rated TV show? Okay, I almost pulled a Steph and picked every show the CW has ever made. Uh, That would be too much. Shout out the hundred. Love you. (laughs) As I was going through my list, it was so much CW because (laughs) angsty teen shows are the worst, best ever. Which is the heartless. Okay, whatever. (laughs) We're talking about my thing now. Wow. (laughs) So it became a real toss-up. Between Riverdale and Ooh. Teen Wolf. Ooh. And I think, I think I'm going to go Riverdale, but oh. only season one of Riverdale. Dylan, O'Brien, I love you. I know. I, I mean, but you too, can bring that back. But yeah, Teen Wolf will come up a bunch of times. And also with Teen Wolf, the first season was so bad it was good. Like it, it actually it, got really good It though. fluctuated. I, I see. I never felt like it got really good. But the quality of Teen Wolf did fluctuate quite a bit. That's true. And I actually legitimately enjoyed the first season because I liked that it felt more like a parody of other things, whether intentionally or not. Also, how Styles' humor was really good. Yeah, too. like, honestly, Styles and Tyler Hecklin's face, thank you, carry that show. Styles <laughs> is my dream, Tyler, man. Right? Tyler Posey is nothing. Especially with hair. Styles without hair, awkward teen. With hair, boom, smoking. He's still smoking. Dylan, I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) Hook up with me. (laughs) I'm going to hook me up. I'm picking season one of Riverdale. And I'm specifically picking season one of Riverdale because season two is edging into the so bad it's bad territory. I think it's there. Yeah. It has not been able to keep (sighs) up the interest of season one. If you haven't seen Riverdale, it's the fucking premise that someone was like, what if we made a live action Archie comic show, but we just scrapped the whole Archie comics thing and made a teen (laughs) angst show instead, which honestly, solid idea, super into it. Great idea. Great idea. You don't have to introduce me to the characters. I already know. Like I understand immediately who Veronica is, who Betty is. You don't have to go through any of that bullshit nonsense. I'm here for it. I'm into it. So this show fucking comes out and- Quite frankly, me and everyone I know lost our collective minds. We got together every single week to watch the show. The core, like, if you're gonna suggest that Riverdale has a plot, season one specifically is the storyline that Jason Blossom, Cheryl Blossom's twin, has been murdered. Twincest. That, yeah, also 100%. Like, I kept waiting that first season for them to acknowledge that Cheryl and Jason 
must have boned. Like, you find yep. out at one point that he was sleeping with someone else, and I'm like, so did Cheryl kill him because she was jealous? Like, mm-hmm. they were into Twin each other. Sex. And I'd like to argue, I'm not going to say too much, but there are some incesty things that come out. Either the oh, end yeah. of season one, the beginning of season two, I kind of forget a little bit. Um, but it was super good. And it just, again, the whole sort of plot point was who murdered Jason Blossom. And, like, Jughead is this fucking emo teen who's writing a fucking article Bless about him. it. Betty is, like, I'm like a little investigative journalist like her mother. She's the fucking Nancy Drew of the show. And she's in love with her neighbor, her best friend, Archie. Of course, he's Archie, <laughs> who in every episode is almost shirtless. And it's, per- like, at one point, he goes out running in the middle of the night. And I'm like, you're a child. Also, he's running in Converse. <laughs> Those shoes have no support. That was a fatal flaw. Yeah. Yo, also, that's one thing that this show fucking does that puts it... I mean, Teen Wolf is bad at this, but Riverdale puts it above it. Riverdale has no idea how old these characters are. Yeah. They were supposed to be... Because they wanted the show to have longevity, they made them, like... Grade 10. Yeah, grade 10. I forget what the American word is. Um, Junior. Which means that some of these characters could feasibly... Be 15 years old. Yeah. But Archie is having an affair with Miss Grundy? That is molestation. Is clearly 30. And yeah. spoiler, nothing fucking happens. Like, they're just, they're just like, whatever. Oh, yeah. She not enough gone people. by episode four. Yeah. yeah. Not enough people were, not like, at one point I feel like Archie's dad was almost like, what he didn't say it, but was like, oh, good for you. Yeah, like when you they were at I mean? dinner, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your, your child is being molested. <laughs> He is not like, of she's age. She's a great woman, yeah. and you're like, excuse me. And at first, not that this would make this acceptable, but at first I thought that they were like just sort of not going to give the ages, and you could sort of assume they were in the 17, 18 range. But I shit you fucking not. In season two, Archie fucking Andrews drives someone to the hospital, and they make the note of saying that Archie is not old enough to have his learner's permit yet. Which, by the way, is like 15 years old in America. So how old is Archie supposed to fucking be, guys? 15. I'll carry this around forever. These kids are too fucking young. They look like 40 year olds. It's crazy. The show is bonkers. In the first season, you can't wait to get to every single episode. (laughs) You cannot wait because you have to know what stupid fucking reasoning this show's gonna be. Who killed Jason Blossom? Kevin (laughs) Keller, best character ever. So happy. And like the scenes are beautiful. Like that river, that river boat scene in the like beautiful lush forest. I'm like, this is beautiful. It's got a very like film noir vibe to it, which is quite nice. clothing, beautiful red lips. And you, listen, if you start watching season one, you're never going to expect it. By the end of season one, Cheryl Blossom is your favorite character. Oh yeah. By the time season two comes around, fuck yeah. Season two, I'm having sure I'm struggling to watch, to be honest with you. Yeah. They actually came out and we're like, oh, we're going to do season three more similar to season one. And I feel like that's too early to have to go back to your original show format. Maybe like, we'll why just, did you change it so much? They'll pretend season two never happened and then just start from where they season really, one ended. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. They really should have because season two, it's too bonkers. It's a fine line of so bad it's good. You really got to control your bonker level. And Teen Wolf managed to do it for quite a few seasons. Yeah. Riverdale had d- did it for one. They four for Teen Wolf. I feel like because they have like a relationship <laughs> between maybe. Archie and Veronica, and they are the most boring couple. It's because Archie is boring. Like Archie this has show no personality. Archie has so much... a music career ahead of him. Oh god, whoever cared give about that a shit this about show, anybody's life. This show almost <laughs> could have been good, good, 
if, if the main character wasn't Archie. They should have killed him off. Like, fuck, you should have died by season one. I would have been like, yeah, I'm there for it. Yeah, that would have been great. Someone's killing redheads? Fuck, I would watch that. Oh that would have been God. interesting. Yeah. Also, the show, this is what I noticed. Every good teen TV show has a great soundtrack. Gossip yeah. Girl, oh, yeah. the OC. They have to. Oh, OC. And then they have to display the name of the song in the corner. They, and this show had the worst MTV. music cues I think I've ever seen in a CW drama. <laughs> they should be ashamed. Whoever your music supervisor is should be fired. Because oh, your one job is to make this teen show amazing and you failed. You could have lifted up season one, but no, you brought it down. <laughs> so I gotta give it, I gotta give it Riverdale. Especially because I think, leave out Archie, Betty and Veronica and their friendship crux this show. Why didn't they get together? Like, give me something. Oh yeah, I thought that would happen too at some point. We'll see. Dark, Every time she calls her Ronnie. Betty and Veronica. Josie and the Listen, Pussycats. when they're in the pool. Mm-hmm. Dark Betty. Dark Betty. Oh, Josie and the Pussycats are fucking great. It had yeah. so much potential. It was like every episode was on the cusp of being, oh, this is great, and then it failed. Considering how many people, like when season one came out, everyone I knew was crazy obsessed with yeah. it. Season two came out, no nobody talked. was talking about it after the first episode. Maybe, Everybody was Maybe out. Sabrina, of the teena- Sabrina the Teenage Witch that they're coming out with. I really wish they I hadn't chosen a white witch. Yeah, yeah, I thought the same. Like I like she's a very good actress. She's yeah. amazing. If she was amazing as a child, I can only imagine she'll blow her mind. And she's as, like, like a teen. A, she's legit eighteen. Yeah, not like the twenty four year olds who are playing yeah. as children. I wonder if they're going to go like darker Sabrina. Like they're they said think they they, to. the whole point is that it while there might not be any overlap, it's related to this Riverdale. And may eventually overlap. Just like the comics. Yeah. I think they said that it might not, though, because I believe that this one is not going to be aired simultaneously. I think Netflix might just be releasing episodes all at once. I'm okay with that. I also think there's comics on Sabrina that you can uh, read. There are. The dark comics for Sabrina yeah. already exist. So, I'm going to recommend season one of Riverdale. I'm going to recommend you don't keep watching, to be honest. Um, the way season one ends is probably enough for you. I'm going to give that six thick Archie Andrews eyebrows out of 10 uh, Jughead not actually eating a fucking burger in the whole first season. How dare you? So once again, that was Riverdale for me for a TV show. Mine was Heartless. And mine was Unreal. I don't know if you guys noticed, but all my ratings had B words in them. Oh, wow. I did not notice. <laughs> I think that was, if that was supposed to be an Easter egg, you ruined it by saying it out loud. Just like everyone to know, we finished recording this in an hour. Thanks for listening to our B-rated episode. Please comment and subscribe. All our social media is at EatsCast and our email address is everyoneandtheirsister at gmail.com. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or any major Android streaming service. Anywhere thing. you can find podcasts, we're probably there thanks to the magic of RSS feeds. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Happy binging. Music credit goes to artist Pluribel for the song Wallflower and Jazzhar for the song Please Listen Carefully. Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Electric